Frenzy is presented by Nova Home Loans. Call 577-2600 for help in buying a new home. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. You know, I got a formula on the show. It's uh, We try not to go off the rails. There's a rundown, but you, you bring up stories. You know it's going to get me. Damon smiling ear to ear. He loves this. That's what I do. Because we started a story at the end of the 4 o'clock hour. Um, I think – how do you say her last name? Let me get a raise. Is it Cambage? It's Cambaggy. No. Uh, Liz Cambage, <laughs> the 6'8", 270-pound um, big woman who was in the WNBA for a long time. She's basically been banished from the league because she's so much trouble. Um, I just think she's boorish. boorish. She's freaking accusatory all the time on the, the racial lines, which is – Unbelievable that she just told Taylor Rooks the other day that she doesn't do that. She does it all the time. Officially Cambage. Cambage, yeah. So she was accused by folks around the Nigerian national team, the women's team, who, by the way, the game was here in Vegas, of throwing out you know, racially insensitive comments about them and saying to the multiple players, go back to your third world country. And then she just told Taylor Rooks, I don't do that, and that's not the truth. Now a video's come out of multiple moments in the game. And at the beginning of her comment with Rooks, you want to play this one more time about the I racial stuff? don't like me. I don't really lean towards racially backed insults. That's okay, not so how I go. I'm very yeah. pro-black. So uh, if you remember 2021, the Connecticut Sun coach was suspended because he made an insensitive comment. Um, what the hell is his name? No, I just lost it here. Kurt Miller, right? So Kurt Miller was fined $10,000 and suspended a game for a comedy made about the Las Vegas Aces uh, star at the time. Well, one of them. Um, Liz Cambage. He was talking about refing and fouls, and he said, come on, she's 300 pounds. So Cambage corrected him, the story he says, from 2021. Uh, she's 6'8", 235. She just weighed herself. She's very proud of being a big B. Okay. Very pro-woman there. Now, I say that because, one, she got into it with Amber Dixon, who's now was at, what, 13 here and is now over at PBS. Um, first, to that coach, she said, I will never let a man disrespect me ever, 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 especially a little white one. Okay? That's interesting. I thought there was no, no, no racial tone in some of your comments. She doesn't do that. And she got into it with uh, Amber Dixon. Amber had questioned um, – Liz's the photos, right? The photos. Yeah, role, stuff? like her yeah. ability to be a role model when she was posing naked. And then um, Liz again went to the white card and also said that Amber was anti female and should be fired. Okay. Now, this one, I mean, this is insane. She's like, wow, these comments about the Nigerian national team were pretty ridiculous. And now, when you see the video, what was going on in the video? So I would stress anybody out there, you could find, you know, a little like two minute, 90 second clip of like the highlights of it. Yeah. I would stress to go find, there's a full eight minute clip out there that you can watch essentially this entire thing going down. Cambage is, from the second the video starts, throwing elbows, hitting, hitting her opponents in the face, smacking them, getting overtly physical, non-basketball plays, 100% non-basketball plays. So by about the fourth or fifth blow, one of the Nigerian players is kind of tired of it. So she gets hit in the face. Play stops because the girl's bent over because she just got hit in the face for like the fourth time. 
Cambage walks over to the sideline. Nigerian player's like, nah, I'm done. This is the fourth time that you've hit me in the face. And it's me, by the way. You've hit others, but this is the fourth time you've hit me in this scrimmage. Woo, let's go. Yeah. And she sprints over to the sideline and Superman punches Cambage right in the grill. What a left. I mean, the full windup and Cambage never saw it coming. Straight across the chops. Yep. Uh, Steve, real quick, I don't want to derail this anymore, but uh, you mentioned the naked photos, and then I Googled Liz Cambage OnlyFans. And then I was going to click on the link, but I said, hey, this is a work computer. She's so, got an uh, OnlyFans? Yeah, so if anyone questions me, work-related. Okay. And if I subscribe, will you reimburse me for it? <laughs> I think, well, <laughs> it's research, yeah. I was going to say, it's doing it for research. Yeah. At least you can write it off in your taxes, okay. at the very least. Continue. So I, she gets socked after being super physical. Do, is there audio of her and her language? So you can hear. So you can. There is audio. You can hear everything going on for the most part. Right. You again. Is it's it like a, I was going to say. It's yeah. a mic somewhere in the arena, sure. so you can't really hear Sneaker exactly speaking. what's happening. Right. Yeah. But at one point, you know, you do hear them screaming back and forth at one another. Cambage is then brought back to the baseline that's closest to the camera angle that you're watching, mm-hmm. and one Australian player goes over to her. And that Australian player is clearly trying to tell her, chill, enough. You even hear the girl over and over go, and go I know, I know, just stop. Mm-hmm. Like telling her, relax. Since she's come out and denied, like it never happened. And since the video's come out, Nigerian players have already come out and said, no, she did it. Like we're not backing down from this. Mm-hmm. She said it. And, and, then on, and then on top of that, she heaps on what fib? She that, that line at the end of the clip that we played where she goes, if, if I did this, why, did the, why does the Nigerian team want me? We're in cahoots. We're doing this right now. And I, I don't know because it's Twitter now, right? But a Nigerian official, and it was corroborated by some others that he was a real Nigerian official for the basketball team, retweeted the clip and said, uh, no, we don't want you. We don't know what this is. Maybe she's talking about when after this scrimmage, she came up to the Nigerian coach and was like, I'd love to play for you guys. And they were like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Sure. And that was it. Well, she's got a victim mentality. She's a bully, but she's got a victim mentality. And, uh, yeah, she's leaned on excuses. I, I thought one of the most insulting things was uh, a year and a half ago, she, she threw it out there that she, she needed a mental health break, that she had mental health issues, which, you know, for people who – I'm not saying she does or doesn't, but for people who really have mental health issues, you're not helping the cause by doing stuff like that. You can't just pull out that card when it's convenient for you. So, bad person. So, she needs to grow up, and she's not young. She just continues this. And then the fibs? Mm-hmm. Silly. And she's, I mean, she effectively has been banished. Come on, she can't play in the WNBA now? She's been effectively banished from the WNBA. I mean, the Nigerians just said there's no way we would have her on the team. And the Aussies booted her as well. But... The whole world's against her. Everyone's lying. Amazing. It's an amazing story the way it's gone over the last, like, three, four years. Actually, I feel, I don't know, I feel kind of sympathetic. Can you imagine everything going against you like that every step of the way in your life? (laughs) Look at that. It's the consequences of my own actions. There you go. Anything good? Uh, (laughs) Trust me, brother. What was that? You know what? You know, yeah, I don't like the way that sounded. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, brother. And uh, Becky Hammond's come in and did a wonderful job switching up the style of the Aces. Oh, that was. But, but you know, Lambeer and that style going away was one. I'm not going to kill Bill, but that's, you know, one reason that they've made this big jump. But the other one was absolute addition by subtraction. You can't have her around. And who? no one wants to play. You're not going to win playing that style. I, f- I forget what other conversation I saw that where she was all, she was 
she was mad. She got mad at her teammates because they didn't have a post feed. Like, no one wants to play basketball like this anymore. She you talked about just... that in her conversation with Taylor Rose. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. People yeah, didn't like, know no how one... to get her the ball in the spot. She oh, well, you're, you're not a modern basketball player. And even if you had a team that wants to be post-based, you're a terrible teammate. Who wants to be around you? And those are females. So what, they're anti-female? You're making a face. Twelve ninety nine a month. For OnlyFans. <laughs> you, you looked at For her. Well, you got right, because it's different by, I would assume it's different yeah, everybody by Everybody gets to set their own price. Right. You got real quiet there. Twelve ninety nine a month. $31. 20% off on three months right now. Hey. Or you go 77 for the year. Eight hours ago, she posted something to, quote, heat up your timeline. Ooh. I'll just go to Reddit. Raiders play a preseason game. I'm not even, there's no segue. Raiders play a preseason <laughs> game. This weekend against the Niners after two joint practices. We'll get you an update on Devontae Adams and the injury situation. UNLV football kicks off officially in 22 days against Bryant. You can grab your tickets at UNLVtickets.com for the game at Allegiant. They've got a very new roster, but it does have experienced players. They, uh, you know, they, they tried to get old in a lot of the transfers they brought in and a lot of transfers to match their new defense, the 3-3-5, and their new offense, the go-go offense. So we were talking to uh, Jacob De Jesus, who's a smallish receiver, five uh, six, probably 175 pounds, thickly built kid, really fast. And then Jerry Williams is on the other side of the ball. He's five ten, five nine, 185, playing nickelback. And I thought it was really interesting here. Uh, De Jesus talks about Jerry. We got Jerry to talk about De Jesus. Yeah, I say uh, number one, Jerry Williams. We go at it a lot uh, in one on ones, and uh, you know during the team seven on seven. He's usually the guy that's always following me around. He's very good DB, patient, smart, fast. Uh, he knows how to use his hands. Uh, he's a very good DB. I would say Dre Williams. Yes, sir. Jacob, <clears throat> quickest wide receiver I've ever seen. I ever guarded fastest. Um, I like to call him Speedy Gonzalez. as as my nickname for him. <laughs> but just the young receivers, too. I like D'Angelo a lot. He's, I think he might be one of them guys, too, being young. And just so much about his work, being coming to work every day, focused, and just leadership too from old guys like Ricky. Sandy stepped up a lot. I'm proud of my wide receivers right now. They've been doing a lot, especially in the go-go offense. It's been looking great every day. Yeah, at the end there, he mentioned Ricky White, who's a transfer in now two years into the program from Michigan State, and then Seneca McKee, Seneca McKee, who's a couple years in the program and has emerged on the one line uh, so far in practice. John, it looks like the the uh, number ones. At receiver, if they have three on the field, are Seneca McKee, and then Jacob De Jesus, and then Ricky White. Mm-hmm. And then they're backed up on the twos right now are some more transfers. So they really they they rebuilt the wide receiver room. A lot of the wide receivers left. Whether it was on their own, I don't know. But, but. what sticks out about that? Six one, six one, and five seven. Small and speed, which is what you're getting at the wide receiver position, at least yeah. so far early. It's. I think it's an interesting offense. Watching it up close and all the little things that you're seeing, the stack formations, multiple bodies in the backfield that you have to account for. Like I, I'm very interested to see when it's fully unveiled what this thing's going to look like because there's a lot of moving pieces. Here's Jeray Williams, the defensive player, going uh, talking about going up against the new go-go offense. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Whoever we play against, good luck to them. I hope they're ready for it. But it took us the whole spring ball. It's taking installs today. And some of the stuff we installed, he'd be like, oh, this is just for our offense. This is just for our offense. Like, you might not never use this in a game, but it's just for our offense. It's so different. It's so dynamic. It's so fast. It's, and it's an oddity the whole time, the whole practice. So 
even scripted practice against it it's it's a lot it take a lot of thinking but i think it make us play faster i think it make it play better i can't wait to see it against somebody else besides us because it's very hard to stop so i love it it's just something different and like who, who does this that's that's the different thing about it yeah brendan marion boosted up probably a couple of years before i don't know that he expected but you know they grabbed him while he's pretty young he's he's run offenses before in the past mm-hmm. He ran the offense for Howard when Howard took out Tony Sanchez's team. The line at the time was absurd, but it was like a 46-point um, underdog. But he's been everywhere. We're going to play some clips from him. I like him. What's your impression of him? Well, first off, wanted to know where he got the cowboy hat. He's big on the cowboy hat. He likes wearing a cowboy hat. We've, uh, we'll have we have to do some more cowboy hat features, but we were talking the other day so much about the offense I didn't really want to get into cowboy hats and what's cool and what's not and how much they cost. Um, That'll you know when uh, when cowboy cotton goes down to practice. Uh, hopefully, you wear your hat and then you guys can have a good conversation. I mean, look, I, I would say um, what I've thought so far is when you're able to speak easily about what you are trying to you know confer to everybody else, right? Yeah. About a complex subject, and he does it really easily. Uh, it's very you, smooth, yeah, right? Like yeah, yeah. They, there's no good point. when he's talking about the offense, I, there's no part of me is like, wait, I can't really what's he saying? I don't really understand this concept. To to be able to translate that with ease to like the media or to anybody else who's going to listen to it, I, I am impressed by that because you would assume that when it comes to teaching moments with the team, instilling an offense that if Jure's right and saying that this is going to be a unique offense where you know maybe similar to an option that you're going to install things against this offense that you're not going to use for the rest of a season, that that teaching process is going to go a lot smoother installing a complicated offense like this. So you heard us mention Jacob De Jesus. You said five seven. I said five six. Smaller guy. Um, according to my according to my spreadsheet, Steve. He's, I'm, he's I, I kind of do the height test because uh, I know my height. I just went and, to UNRebels.com. I, I, I don't I don't I don't fib about my height, right? There's no three quarters or any of that crap. Oh, and I might be I might be shorter now. You know, I'm getting old, so I might might be shrinking. Stand a lot too. Uh, does that help, or does it stretch me out? Spine. Oh no, I should be sitting the whole show. That's right. I never thought of that. Well, I better get I better get on that. Uh, so Brennan Marion put together this offense and brought in a lot of new wide receivers. So you've got Dejesus at five seven. You've got a freshman they mentioned, D'Angelo Irvin from uh, OKC, who's five eight five nine. Uh, Dominic Jacinto is in from New Mexico State and Mizzou. He's around 5'9". Um, there's other small guys on this offense, and Caleb Herring was down there, the former Rebel quarterback, and he's part of the broadcast team. And he didn't ask it this way, but basically was, hey, what's with all the little guys? Yeah, I've always, you know, if you look at my track record, I always get fast players because it's about gas. You know, 93, we want, we want dudes really that can really run. And, you know, all the time people say, like, oh, this guy's too skinny or he's too small. But that's always the guy scoring touchdowns in the game. You know, so we want fast people that can score in one play. We don't want to have to, you know, call 12 perfect plays. We want to call four or five plays because guys can take it to the house and, and make and, and stress the defense so we can run the ball. So here's what John's talking about in explaining the go-go offense. Uh, this is pretty easy to translate because there are a lot of people who start talking offense and you're like, what are you speaking about? A lot of misdirection, a lot of shots. You got to cover the whole field. We're, we try to play really, really violent, um, and we try to get the ball vertical as much as possible. And, you know, everybody can touch the ball. It's not a one, it's not a one-man show. You know, a lot of offense is like, oh, that's the guy. You know, it's like – I always say it's like Little League. You know that kid's getting the ball. You know, if you don't cover one of our little guys out there, Jesus or Tim or, you know, Ricky or Senny, you know, they're going to make a play too. You know, it's not just about one running back or one receiver. It's about all the guys collectively making plays. 
When can I go full Senny on Adam Hill? Because he hates nicknames. I just think the the E at the end is lazy. <laughs> Senny, Greeny, Damani, Stevie, Johnny. Uh, he, meant, he mentioned Connerly. That's actually his last name. Uh, Tim, who's another small guy who I was I, I love telling people about where these guys are from because they're like from all different parts of the country. Sure. Connerly, I think, is a Louisiana guy who then went to Fresno to go to Juco and now he's in and he's like five eight and he's a burner. Five nine one sixty, Steve. A five nine according okay. to the spreadsheet. So that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, oh you got the spreadsheet, that's right. Um now my other question with this go go offense is uh, they've got they've got a commit for a quarterback well, they got a quarterback this year, Bo Edmonton. Who's 6'3", 190. What is he? Let's see. Um, spot on. I'm doing this off the top of my head. Spot on. Um, now, you won't have this on the spreadsheet. They've got a 2024 commit um, in, I think it's Carson Gordon out of Texas, <laughs> who is listed at like six foot and 195. They've got a guy who's six foot six or 6'5", yeah. and Doug Brumfield, as a number one quarterback. And I, they're never going to say it, but I, I wondered when they brought this in, the go-go. I'm like, is this really built for a small quarterback? Or can a guy who's – you know, long and lanky, do it. I thought what he said here, that, like this is really good honesty about what you got in your quarterback and what he needs to get better at. Yeah, Doug, and, and the quick game and, and the run game and the RPO game, intermediate game, like he's a, he's a real guy. Um, I just think that he has to continue to learn how to drive the ball down the field. That has not been something that's been a part of his game in the past or even in high school, and we always talk about that. Like I brought these fast guys here to run fast down the field for you to throw it to him. so – you know, we just have to continue to develop stretching, you know, the vertical stretch down the field. The other reason I like these coordinators, uh, and it starts with Odom, though, at the top, is they speak very freely about what they want to do. And, like, for the OC to say, hey, I, I brought these guys in. Like, there could be some coaches who, you know, are insecure, like, whoa, 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 don't take too much credit. Yeah. Like, no, I, I actually think Barry Odom in a lot of ways is like, delegate, delegate. What do you need? Go get it. I mean, run it by me, but what do you need? Go get it. Smart people delegate. To people, it's smart people know when they don't know things. That's why I say I don't know all the time. <laughs> and there are a lot of people who will not. There are, that, yeah. it is a, I think it is a really bad flaw in a lot of coaches. They try to be involved in way too much. Like That's why you hired a staff. They're your experts. They're your teachers. And can I say really quick, because we've got to watch that in practice, the thought pro- – like when he says it's, it covers the whole field and you have to cover every portion of it, we've seen it in practice, literally and figuratively, but it is all over the place, and they've taken some really big shots for guys that are wide open. It looks like something that's going to be successful. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 Five o'clock hours here. John Von Tobel, Cofield, and Devon. Six nine one eight seven is the text line. That's our Finley Kia text line. Six nine one eight seven. Code word ESPN. Preseason action. Are we at the half in a couple of these spots? Getting pretty far along. The only thing that I know, Steve, is that. My choice to win the NFC North looking pretty darn good. You could even say, I love my choice. What are you talking about? Jordan Love's been killing it, baby. Well, they're losing, though. They can't even win the game. Well, I mean, he's not, he's not playing the whole <laughs> he thing. can't even win the game. What are you doing here? Doesn't that organization need him to go out to play a whole game in game one of the preseason and win? Set the culture. 7-10, a clean 4.6 yards per attempt. 
One touchdown, no picks. Unlike your guy, C.J. Stroud. Went out there looking like a bum. Uh, we, had a, we had a tweet earlier that DeMond read that claimed that Malik Cunningham would be the Patriots quarterback by the end of the season, starting quarterback. Uh, should I do the same? Is that person right, really quick, yeah. when the Patriots get the one seed in the AFC and Malik Cunningham starting the last game of the season? Because they have <laughs> nothing to play yeah, for. That's a technicality. Uh, Sean Clifford will be playing significant time over Jordan Love by Week 10. Well, I'll take that. I'm being absurd. Okay. But, yes. Sean Clifford, the former Penn State quarterback. 11-14, 142, 9.5. You'll leave out the interception. Of course you do. I didn't read the stats. You did about who left it out. I mean, I just in your thought process. You leave it oh, out. you knew what I was thinking? Yeah. You knew what I was going to do. Not tell the whole story. Of course, it's what you do. We want to prove a point. Kenny Pickett, six of seven, touchdown. Fourteen seven, Steelers up with uh, forty seconds left in the half. I heard one of the ESPN national guys yesterday, the Cleveland dude that I mentioned, uh, Goldhammer, mm-hmm. and uh, this is one of my favorite things that radio people do. No one thought this, so he gave a no one thought Kenny Pickett was going to be good. I don't know. I had a bet on the show with Willie. I was wrong. He was right. I mean. He he loved Kenny Pickett, and I crapped all over Kenny Pickett. So I'd, there were people out there who thought Kenny Pickett was going to be good. I'd argue the team that spent a first round pick on him thought he was going to be pretty good. Yes, no one. But you know what you're saying. Like it's one of those like because I didn't believe it, no one did. Like no people did. Are we cover sh- up your your mistake or bad prediction by saying no one saw this coming? Well, well, people did. But do we know he's good? I, I still don't believe in him. Right. I mean, it's he could be. Right. But we're talking about one season, a very long stretch of games, which he threw for under 200 yards. I mean, he can be good. I don't know if it's a given that he's good yet. Okay. Atlanta-Miami at the half, 6 nothing. Logic. <laughs> I get it. There he is, Mike White. I miss him on the Jets already. Why he stunk? <laughs> he was anointed. Remember, remember how so the New York media, New Jersey media, got so crazy? Like all of a sudden, it was a real quarterback battle. This guy's the future. No, he's not. Weren't they wearing Mike White t-shirts? Of course though? they were. Yes, they went crazy. Because oh, yes, okay. Wilson is just an annoying person. I'm just saying. I, I that there were quarterbacks. There were a couple of quarterbacks, and it's incredible that we don't like the collective we just cannot understand what we're watching. So there were two quarterbacks last year that people just, hey, man, they're ballers. They're winners. They might be the future of you know whatever franchise they're playing for. They're both backups this year, Mike White and Taylor Heineke. They're backups for a reason. All he does mm-hmm. is win Taylor and, but, and I felt like I was watching last year, and I felt like I was insane. Because I'm like, there's no way that we're watching Taylor Heineke throw picks to the chest of defenders and getting them dropped. And people are like, but he wins and drinks Bush Light. It's great. Everything's going to be fine. The Bush Light. I, I, I can't do it. I can't do more quarterback discourse. Even though the football season's here and I can't wait. Well, that's, that's where your analytics <laughs> get you wrong, man. Well, yeah, you're right. That's what you're here for. Sometimes you've got to measure that dog in them. So many teams you're, measured you're, that dog and were like, back up. Yeah. <laughs> but for one you, game? <laughs> you guess. You are here to back me down when I talk about the quarterbacks. Which brings me to the Giants are up 13-3. Tommy DeVito, former Illinois and Syracuse quarterback, 
the pride of Bergen Catholic in northern New Jersey. I, I, guess, say he's I, a think, Jersey guy, right? I think that's where he went. Um, I just assume because his last name's Devito. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tommy Devito. Um, <laughs> what do you think? What do you think most Giants fans are going to do if they have to pick a side? Tyrod Taylor or Tommy Devito? <laughs> he's one of that us. is an unfair fight. He's one of us. I, of I don't think uh, Tyrod is going to care. Ty God is. Adam Hill called him when he had a picture of uh, Tyrod looking like Jesus <laughs> up on his Twitter account, his Z account. We'd rather have crappy Daniel Jones backing up Daniel Jones. What? What? <laughs> That's Tommy DeVito. He's just a crappy oh, version. Oh, crappy. Yeah, he's a crappy version of Daniel Jones. Well, he's going to be the uh, the apple of their eye. Oh, get it? Which the part? big apple. I, I got that. As soon as I started saying it, like, this is not going to go over well. Oh, is that our new thing? Every time we mention the Giants or the Jets and their fans, just the, coll- the whole collection, all of us just go, oh, say something, and then, oh. That's what we do. Isn't Apparently. That, isn't that how they all talk? Apparently. I'm walking here. <laughs> uh, Devontae Adams hurt at the joint practice today. Uh, no real update. Uh, multiple sources saying not serious. Uh, Josh McDaniel said not Crazy serious. There you go. So I hope he's okay. Get the quote right. Uh, I've got um, a good authority. Uh, someone uh, who was there told me firsthand, happened right in front of him, ooh. that if it was bad, you know, maybe the season's out the window. But this person, right in front of him, on good authority, respected on both sides, can't say the name, a straight shooter. So your source? Yes, my source. And he said it happened right in front of him, and I you think said he's going to be times. fine. Wait, finish that. You, yeah. you cut him off. <laughs> what did you say? He was, he was, well, he, he was, said three times it happened in front of him. We it, get it, DeMond. What did he say? happened in front of my source. He saw the hit, bang, bang, play. It was clean. It was a football play. Nothing to be mad about. But he thinks that Devontae Adams is going to be fine. He walked off on his own power. Boy, this John Montobo loves his kids. Loves his kids. I wanted to get back to the bar fight story. Uh, You know, that could have been brewing, and you're showing me pictures of – now, which child was that? The younger one? Yes, that is Dimitri. Dimitri got his head shaved. Yeah, I shaved his head. I thought it was traumatic the first time around with boy number one. No. No? no, no I no, thought no. you said your wife was like crying when you cut, cut the hair. Well, that was him. Oh, when that I, was him? When I, was at the, when I did it the other day. Yeah. She was like weeping. Really? You would think that I was taking scissors to his neck. It'll grow back. Of course. Now, if you shave my head down. right now, people should cry because it ain't coming you? back. I was going to say, there's a slight chance. It's, yeah, not, that's it's not coming back. I used to shave my head. I miss it. Yeah, you were... I don't know. I don't know how to describe you. Hmm. I don't know. You're just kind of dangerous looking. Well, kind of looked off kilter. Oh, so there was one point when I was in much better shape, obviously, and I had a mishap when I had shaved my head. Where gash it? Yeah. So like somebody somebody came into the bathroom while I was doing <laughs> it, okay. and so I turned to look <laughs> at him, and I went, yeah. And there's no guard, so it was just like zero, like all the way down the side of my head. Like there's no saving that. So I had to go like zero all the way around. Oh, yeah. I looked a lot tougher than I really am. <laughs> it just makes you look crazy or like right. just a little bit off. Right. Like it makes people think like for a second. Like, I don't, I don't know. You size him up. But then I'm like, hi, how are you? And it's everything's fine. Oh, he's normal. So one of the big things that's been happening with the Raiders in fall camp here and then in this joint practice Remember, they were not good at getting interceptions. And then the thought was, you know what? You bring in Marcus Peters. That's what he's good at. And maybe there's sort of rubs off on everyone else, right? Ball hawking guy. And then everyone can learn from him and it get, gets more aggressive. I, it's 
I mean, they've been getting results in practice. I'm not saying that this is what's happening, but it did happen in the joint practice today. I don't know what they finished with. I saw at one point they were tracking like six interceptions. Now, we will also mention that there are situations where it is advantage defense, mm-hmm. so all interceptions are not created equally. But And should I just warn people or just let it play? Like Everything Josh McDaniels is going to speak about in this block of our show is not going to sound like it's a big deal. But I think he's pretty happy about the interceptions, but he, he's going to warn you. It's uh, Relax. In order to get the ball, you have to uh, be connected. You have to know what your job is. Be willing to make a play when it's coming into your area. Uh, if you're not connected, then there's a lot of big holes in the defense and you don't really have chances. You know, And if you are, then you can make the windows tighter and then you get tend to get more hands on the ball. And who knows what happens when you get tips and all that stuff. And I don't know how many of them were tipped or not. I don't really know. But I like the idea of any defense that we put out there you know, being aggressive and trying to get the football. We talked Ooh. about that all offseason, uh, seeing if we can improve ourselves in that area. I think the players have worked really hard at some of the techniques. So he really likes what they're doing. Wow. And the interceptions. You think he went back and there's like, ah, oh, I said too much. I got too excited. Really, really uh, revealed the hand there. No, I don't think he did that. I think he goes back and watches film of his press conferences. He's like, ah, Josh, he can't be saying that stuff. Letting too much in. Here's uh, Josh on enjoying the progress the team has made and you know looking like a victor on day two. You know, there's no scoreboards out there. Um, I think there was a lot of repetitions by both sides where both teams did some things very well and the other team's going to learn from them. That's kind of how I look at these practices. Um, I don't really try to worry about the who's got the advantage in terms of, you know, winning the practice or the period. I just really focus on each individual play or period and what the focus is. I thought our team was really into whatever that segment was. Red zone defense, two-minute uh, move the field. Uh, we had some different things going on today that I thought that, you know, you could see their awareness, and that's really what this practice is about. Okay. He wants guys to learn. See if you have 11 guys out there that know what's going on, are aware of the situation, how much time's remaining, you know, what down is it. It's hard to, like I said, it's hard to simulate that when you're on your own. To be able to do that, I felt like we were improving in that area. We saw a lot of things last night in the film that we needed to do better as a, as a football team. And uh, I think our guys had great intentionality today in terms of, like, let me try to fix something that I can control. Okay. Right? Let's not take things too seriously. I like that he mentioned two bites back, that everything is kind of segmented out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's goals. Both teams get to participate in going for those goals. It's very organized. And in this case... You know, 11 guys. Let's all be working for each other. And the same theme when he talked about the game coming up. Don't go out there and try to be Mr. Showman. I want to see how you play in a team environment. It's not really about making a name. It's really about trying to go out there and do your job. And who's disciplined enough to do it uh, as many plays as they're out there. You know, they might be out there for two quarters. They might, some of them might be out there for, you know, 15 plays. Some of them might be out there for the whole game. You're trying to see who can be disciplined enough to know what their job is, uh, communicate with their teammates, and then try to use the right technique and, you know, see if they can help their team, their side of the ball, make good plays because they're doing the right thing at their spot. I don't want 11 guys going out there as independent contractors trying to light up the scoreboard, and that's not really the way to play football, you know, so you got to trust the other guys around you, and you got to do your part. Makes sense, right? 
Makes sense. Uh, reports are out there that on Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff, Raiders hosting the Niners, that Trey Lance will be getting the start. And I've immediately seen reaction to that. Ooh, showcase. Showcase. Maybe Trey Lance isn't going to be around. That's why. That's probably not why. I you can. I mean, if you want to come up with that conclusion, I don't. I don't know. I mean, maybe there's actually a quarterback competition going on, and they want to see what he looks like against the better players. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So around the room, do we like Lil Shanny? John, are you a Kyle Shanahan fan? Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. in, as much as on you the can field, be. off the field. Um, I mean, on the field, I don't know much about off the field. Although I will say, one of my best interview quotes that I've ever gotten from somebody—it looks kind of wrong now. Uh, but it was a former Atlanta radio host at the time, very early in the Vison career and very early in Shanahan's time at uh, San Francisco, said that he could not quote lead men in Las Vegas from a bar to a strip club. Okay. That's an interesting one. Yeah. I think that's been debunked. Pretty much. <laughs> I, I think off the field, uh, presser sometimes he's a little bit surly. Uh, DeMond, what do you think? Uh, I like him on the field and off the field. One of my favorite quotes from him was uh, it was Flying Coach with Peter Schrager and Sean McVay. They had a podcast uh, on the ringer. Give them the plug there. But they had Cal Shanahan on. And it was like, what advice would you give like a high school level football coach or someone that wants to move up and get to the pros? Don't. <laughs> just don't. <laughs> this is too hard. You never see your family. It's exhausting. You'll hate yourself. Just don't do it. Am I? I like the honesty. Am I being a jerk? If my, if I wanted the answer to be, ask your dad. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it does help. It does help. He's proven himself to be a pretty good offensive coach. I think he is a a good leader. And I, to me, this scores some points here. I didn't even. I, I have no idea what prompted this, but he was talking about Max Crosby after being around him during these joint practices. Oh, he just yeah, he came up and said what's up and um, just talked for a little bit, just some mutual respect there. And uh, he's as good of as good as good as it gets. And I wanted to apologize to him because we were kind of <laughs> to him in the. Oops, shouldn't say that, but we were kind of jerks to him um, in our interview when he came out of college. And he's really one of the coolest dudes I've been around or seen, and he's one of the best players in this league. So it's cool to catch up with him. Okay. They ran him roughshod, apparently, in the interviews. And I, fr- I actually heard another cut where he, he, he mentioned the person who, you know. Oh, I didn't re- see that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. That gave him all the real hard questions. It was kind of busting his chops. Sorry about that. That's, that's what we do. We didn't. We didn't well, um, no, actually, you know, I got, I got to look back. It almost sounded like he blamed the other guy. Like, that's not what we do. Is that person now in New York? Ooh. It wasn't, an, it wasn't a major name. Oh. No, it wasn't a major name. Was it, uh, who was the former carpet salesman that used to be the head coach of the 49ers? What, Tom Sula? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good one. The guy who had an audible fart. Oh, I forgot a, about at that. At a weekday yeah. press conference that you guys love that one. <laughs> I played that over and over again. Yes, I totally you, yes you did. That. Yes, you did. I, uh, I just like the thought of the San Francisco 49ers. Kind of like, who do we got today? Max Cro- Max with two X's from Eastern him. something. Let's beat him up. And let's get, just get him in here and get the interview over with. Probably doing it a favor for some agent. He turns out to be one of the best <laughs> defensive ends in the NFL in his time. That could have been a good combo, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nick Bosa Wilson. and Crosby? Same what draft, a, right? Uh, oh, yeah. No. What is it? Look that up. Look up. Either way, would have been nice to have them both. Would have been.
be nice to have both Mike Trout and Shohei playing. No, we don't have to do this. Here we do. I was giving you a moment to bask in the glory of Shohei. I, I've lost all hope again. Really? Was there, there's no point. You can't even take joy in his personal achievements, or does it, the better he shows the rest of the year, the lesser chance you have No, because him. you feel bad for him. Yeah. Like, he's awesome, but it's the same joke over and over again, right? Angels, you know, Shohei Otani does the, you know, does X, Y, and Z for the first time since Tungsten Armo Doyle in 1922, <laughs> and the Angels lost eight to seven to the to the Pirates. You know, it's it's the joke just repeats itself over and over again. So like, I think it's really cool. I obviously love watching him play, but he's think about it. He is one of the best. He actually no, he's the best baseball player we've ever seen, right? And he's he doesn't get to play meaningful baseball, and that sucks. Three oh six. 40 homers, 83 ribbies, 10 wins. He was the first 30-10 guy in the history of Major League Baseball. Now he's the first 40. and probably the last one we ever see. Yes. 40-10 guy. Unless you include all the other times he's going to do it. Yeah, it could <laughs> happen again. He's slowing down, though, in the home runs. Matt Olson's been cracking them lately. What? Nothing. Just the A's and Matt Olson. No. Just the, the, hurt, the, the, the hurt that he just keeps hurting. Offer. He had nothing to offer. Just, let's get rid of our 28 and 29-year-olds, and maybe they'll be able to build it back. They got Shea Langoliers in, in some of these deals. They got, like, 11 guys, so they're still in AA and AAA. There'll be a couple of productive players. I was looking at his Ks. Man, he's going to strike out 200, possibly. Otani's awesome, man. Where That's, are we at right now? We got 114 games played, so we got, what, 48 left. Yep. So, max, like, man. Eh. Nine starts, maybe ten. So to get to two hundred, I mean, he's yeah, he's going to strike out two hundred. Mm-hmm. He's got he needs thirty five strikeouts in nine starts. Only six and a half games back. That is so crazy. Oh, that's I. You know, it's you know, it's even crazier. I think this is one of those. I guess I'll pat myself on the the back moments. Oh, please do. Well, it's just like last year. I I, I had the audacity to throw out the comment. Stop you! Stop! Stop saying Babe Ruth. He's better than Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. And that's become like a common theme now. At one point, it was like, you don't know what you're talking about, youngster. <laughs> who, was, who was yelling at you? 94, Somebody on 94-year-olds? Yeah, that's what, like, who that, even has the right to say that? That, to me, that is the most incredible point. You didn't watch him play. What are you, what are you running to the defense of the babe for? Like, don't, what are I you mean, talking there about? Are, there are some legendary media members, maybe retired, who may have been eight watching Babe Ruth. So you don't remember. <laughs> and they can put together sentences now? Right. I remember. Don't be an ageist. Some sharp people out there, 80s and 90s. Be an ageist. Be an ageist. Look how far it got me. Your career has crumbled. This is your brand to be an ageist? Oh, 100%. I, but I will be. I, I know. It drove it, people nuts on social am. media. Still am. And here's the thing. Still am. When I'm old and gray, I'll be an ageist. I'll hate my own uh, kind. Yep. I right? promise you. you. I, do it all, you punch, <laughs> I do it all the time. Punch to, punch to the side. Right? I don't need to punch down. Punch to the side and punch up. That's right. That's all you do. Boy, that hurt. I felt like exercise. Um, Otani 0 for 1 today. Oof. Rough one. Nah, he's overrated. Who's pitching today that you're down 4 1? I, 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 I didn't even check today. I know they're down. Oh, ah, it's Deadmers. He's been so good. One, nah, the, one it, and a third, six hits, four runs. But it, Six strikeouts. No, you didn't have six. Uh, here's the thing. Couldn't, though, couldn't with, have one of the third. With guys like Detmers and Sandoval, and all, it's always the same thing. Canning. Hey man, they got some good stuff. They're showing some good signs, Oof. but it's never it never really comes together until they leave. So I can't wait to see Reed Detmers get traded to the Baltimore Orioles in the off season 
for a bag of baseballs, and in two years, he's mowing everybody down. He's got a sub-350 ERA, and he's like the second guy on the Orioles' staff, which is on its way to the ALCS. Boy, oh boy. You're going to lose because uh, John Singleton, who's a 31-year-old bounce back. He used to be a top-50 prospect, and now he's made it all the way back. He had a, a three-run homer. Not trying to rub it in at all. Though. Angels baseball, baby. We had a 54-50 or 53-50? You know what? You caught me. <laughs> well, I don't you know. I don't. Do you, if you need the spots, we'll cooperate. We could play the. We're just we, gonna keep going. We could play the music for a minute and forty seconds. Don't. Yeah, there we go. That's I have so much do. to get to. Yeah, go, we're not done it. with this week. We're not never. Uh, I heard Doug Gottlieb yesterday. We don't need to go back in the bag, but uh, Doug Gottlieb yesterday said about the story and you know Bianami and Rivera saying, "Hey, he's too aggressive. Players are you know players are saying too aggressive." Uh, Gottlieb said, "See, I was right oh, about wow. him not getting a head coaching job was not racial. Oh, boy. it was this." I was right. He's too mean. Uh, off a story, off a story that doesn't really have the players coming out on the record or Bianami coming out on the record. No, players are coming out on the record. Okay, defending him. Well, Chiefs are. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, there's a couple of Commanders players since saying like, "No, we like the way that this is." Okay, good. You're right. I don't. I, I, I'm. I'm shocked. Uh, and Doug Godley played pretty high level basketball, college basketball, that he would so quickly. Like side against a hard ass or go against a hard ass coach. Seems weird to me. When I was listening, I was like, I, I don't. It, so it's a situation where like I just have to be right, even if it's sort of against what I normally talk about. There's something different about Eric Bieniemy. I was thinking that too. Oh, he was a football yes. coach. That's yes. what it is. Uh, look for video archives of the show up at at Steve Cofield at ESPN Las Vegas at Demon underscore the boss and at me JVT. We'll see you.